Hi, and welcome to the NVR podcast number eight. I'm Rachel Almer. And I'm Peter Jacob. And today we're going to be talking about consequences. Well, what a theme. What a topic. (laughs) when When you brought that up earlier as we were preparing for the podcast, I just sort of thought, yeah, but there aren't any consequences. <laughs> What's the consequence? Yeah. I just thought of hearing that from many clients, but also from from uh, colleagues. I train, yeah. you know, and something bordering on outrage, a, a sense of outrage and um you know, just talking about it, something comes to mind uh, working with a family with a teenage girl who ran away. And um, I discussed with the parents how important it would be that uh, when she's found and brought home, possibly by the police, that she is welcomed, that there is a warm welcome Mm. Um, because I, I felt, why would someone who's run away want to come home again? Someone who runs away a lot mm. and who's at risk of sexual exploitation when they mm. run away. Why would they want to come home at all? Why would they want to return home if there was no welcome at home? You know, if mm. the parent... Or parents didn't say, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're safe. Mm. Um, I've put um, some chicken soup on the stove. I've made you a BLT, you know, your favorite BLT. I'm so relieved you're back and safe, you know. And then, you know, to deal with... The, the difficulty involved the next day, as we say in NVR, to strike the iron when it's cold. Mm. And one of the parents was outraged. How can I make a suggestion like that? There needs to be a consequence. Mm. You know, um, how, how can I suggest that there should not be an immediate, strong consequence to dissuade her from doing this ever again? So that came to my mind, that story. And, and I was just wondering, what, what, what led you to suggest that we talk about consequences? I just finished some training this week, and it came up in the discussions the, the, in the practitioner's training environment. And there was one particular participant who was quite... Uh, not adamant, but but couldn't understand about MVR not how, holding a young person down to these consequences. And it's always usually my experience is it's followed up with the next question is, how are they ever going to learn? And then sometimes when I focus on maybe the child in question or the child we're thinking about or using as an example, maybe eight or nine or ten 
And I wondered whether at the age of eight or nine or 10, that that person learned their life lessons at the tender age of eight and never got it wrong. And the drive for a parent to to um, subject the child to more consequences is that they will learn the lesson, the life's lesson. And that's the drive. They must learn. And how will they ever learn if there are ever no consequences? And it's unimaginable to imagine that the consequence could be a natural one, you know, a natural one from the child. I, I suddenly remembered an old Woody Allen film, mm. and it's a spoof uh, documentary about the life of a criminal, and they, they interview the parents, and the dad says, And I tried to beat God into him. I tried to beat God into him, and I beat, and I beat, and I beat, and it didn't work. <laughs> says, Father, you're hot. Your heart, you're going to have a heart attack. <laughs> um, so it, it's the, I mean, so what strikes me is the futility of this. So that on the one hand, parents feel, many parents feel and believe, or practitioners, there must be that consequence that something, I guess, that hurts the child, yeah. something that troubles yeah. the child, something that's uncomfortable or painful so that the child learns a lesson, yet when we work with parents, they have done this, they have tried that for many years, and it hasn't waked, <laughs> didn't wake. <laughs> and there is something very interesting about that. And, and, and I was just thinking about a, a mother who, who said to me in one session, she came in, she was smiling, and she said, I did something and you won't like it. And I said, mm -hmm. oh, try me. And she said, well, I grounded him. And it worked. And I thought about that for a moment. And then I said to her, you know what? A few weeks ago, you told me that you tried to ground your son. And he jumped out of the window and ran off. Mm. This time you grounded him and he stayed in his room. I wonder, how do you feel the relationship has changed that he cooperated with you? Mm. And that led to a really interesting conversation. And she told me that she believed that when she grounded him, he stayed in the room because he felt more warmly towards her and he wanted to be mm. her. Yeah. Yeah, so the, shift, the shift was within her. Mm. Sorry? The shift was with, within her. She'd made a shift in that few weeks of the previous grounding. Mm. The shift was within her, and, and the grounding had a totally different meaning after our conversation. Mm. It was no longer actually a consequence. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything like that. So So the idea often is that a consequence... It, it's just another word for punishment, isn't it, much of the time? Yeah. Yeah, they need to be punished. How will they learn? Yeah. But then the word punishment is not so popular anymore. So we then replace it with the word consequence. Yeah. But actually... So does that alleviate our own... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know, our own guilt perhaps of punishing our children when they've done something wrong. So we don't feel so guilty because we're not saying that we punish them. We feel a little bit better about what we're doing when we're saying that we're applying consequences. Mm. Yet, if I, I, someone, either someone said or I read somewhere, if you have to think about a consequence, it's not a consequence. It's a punishment. If you have mm. to think about what you're going to do, you know, right, she's run away, she's been brought home by the police. What do we do? Okay, she's got no more pocket money for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> or you're grounded for life. <laughs> and and I'll take away the air that you breathe. Yeah. Yet in NVR, it doesn't mean that parents are always soft and gentle. And mm. they, they do things that may appear to be consequences. Perhaps when they no longer bail uh, a child out who has made a lot of debt. That's just something mm. that comes to my mind. Um, uh, you know, he, he would put his parents under pressure to give him money, either mm. by threatening to hurt them or by telling them in how much trouble he is if he can't pay his debt back. And the parents again and again and again would uh, pay, give him money to pay back his debt. And at some point they, they say to him, uh, no, we're not doing this anymore. It, it, mm -hmm. And actually in the past, we've given you the wrong message. We've given you the message that you can just borrow and borrow and borrow money um, and you know, we haven't helped you take responsibility for your own finances. Yeah. So we, yeah. we can't do that anymore. How is that different from a quote-unquote consequence that is actually just a punishment under a nicer name? I just think it's it comes across more grounded, more caring. Um, it's more compassionate. It's less punitive. Mm -hmm. It just feels less punitive. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing this to punish you. I'm, I am simply no longer going to yield yeah. to your pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And also I bear in mind that it's not good for you if I yield to your pressure. Because I don't want... And for us. And for us, mm. yeah. Mm. We have a right. We have a right. Yeah. We have a right to go out for dinner rather than paying your drug debt again, mm. again, and again, and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. important. Mm. So some people might call that an, a natural consequence. Yeah. Is that a natural consequence? Um, what, the outcome of the kid not uh, being able to access finances anymore? Yeah, that, um, the parents simply refuse to bail the, the child out. Is, is, is that a natural consequence? 
that, I think it's the, that, that he then yeah. might feel uncomfortable. Maybe his friends don't want to talk to him because they've lent him money and he hasn't paid him back. It, it, would those be natural consequences? Yeah, I think the risk is higher. It depends who the money's owed to. Yeah. We would need to really risk assess that. You know, I, I was talking to a young person, uh, a young woman yesterday in the training about um, creating the parents, give, you know, not bailing him out from his uh, drug debt. And there's a high risk of his life actually being threatened. I don't know if we would call that a natural consequence. No. So certainly we wouldn't want his life to be threatened. Absolutely. On, on that theme of drug debt, um, so I, I remember parents saying, well, if he doesn't pay his drug debt, it's dangerous for him to leave the house. Mm. Mm. And I, I sort of thought, okay. And we talked about that. And what if for a while he doesn't leave the house? Mm. And so we looked at, okay, they they discussed with him that they would let him have some money to pay back the drug debt, mm. um, that this was the last time they were paying the drug debt back. And from here on, if he gets scared because he incurs further debt, if he gets scared to leave the house, then he will need to stay at home. Yeah, that's the consequence. That is the consequence. <laughs> but it is not anything that the parents have imposed on him. No. You know, that's just something that happens. That's life. That's life taking its course. And it does enable him to learn lessons in life. These are, those are, you know, that's a really big topic. You know, drugs, money, life being threatened sometimes in the discussions in training it's sometimes the really simpler things like um i don't know if a parent tidies up a kid's room um because it's in her large basket so to speak it's a behavior that she's decided to let go and and not to nag and to to berate the child for his lack of tidying his room and so the parents made the decision, she's got choices. She either tidies it up because she wants to, and that's how she's chosen to live in her home, or she's going to leave it and allow the young person to live in that environment. And she closes the door so she doesn't have to see that. Um, and so I think sometimes the, the current theme from the, the participants in the training is, how will he learn if she if she cleans the room for him um, he's never going to learn how to do it himself. And if she doesn't clean the room for him, she's saying that it's okay to live like a pig. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Those kind of, you know, that, that crossover. And, you know, I'm, I always marvel at people's thoughts and thinking behind that, how they, how they are unwilling to, to accept a parent choosing to clean a kid's room because she wants her home to be clean and tidy or choosing to let the child live in a pit because that's his choice and she doesn't want to clean the room, but she's not going to berate him for it. So, so what you're doing is you're shifting our 
the focus of our attention from how does the parent parent to the parent? How her or his view of their own situation and what will the parent do that liberates the parent? Yeah. And in some cases, that may mean the parent leaves the child to live in a unpleasant environment in their room. And in other cases, it may mean that the parent goes in there and cleans it because they cannot bear uh, such a filthy room in their house. By choice. And also without berating the child that's what ha- what she may have done for him. Yeah. 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 And and I, I'm I'm just thinking of, of a parent whose son uh, has lived in his room for many years, who has become socially withdrawn, and she felt she mustn't enter his room because A, it's his room and she's not allowed to go in there. And B, he must learn to look after himself because she cleans his room. How is he going to learn? The thing is, I asked her, how many years has he lived in his room? When was the last time he voluntarily cleaned his room? Mm. And she said, well, he never has. He's piled up the dirt. So clearly the idea that she mustn't clean his room so that he learns to clean it himself isn't working. (laughs) And also by going into his room and cleaning it up, she did two things. One thing was she created a more pleasant environment. Mm. And secondly, she resisted his territorial sense of entitlement you know this is my room you must not enter my room and actually i don't want anyone around me yeah so she was actually resisting his social self-isolation which has become so harmful to him Mm. so people at first uh sort of looked at that with uh criticism you know Mm. Uh, forehead that she went in there and hoovered his room but the interesting thing was because he wanted her out of his room he got up and he started cleaning up his room yeah bless him there's just one thing one last thing that comes to my mind on the theme of consequences and I was thinking of work with carers, foster carers, residential carers, and adoptive parents. So people who parent kids who've generally experienced a lot of very, very uh, difficult situations in earlier life, you know, with a big load of trauma. And I was sort of thinking of the school behavior policy. <laughs> or the residential children's homes policy of removing positive points if a kid has got aggressive or if a kid has failed to do this or that. And again and again, feeling very helpless because the child keeps doing it again, whatever Mm. it was that they applied the consequence to. And 
I remember one conversation I had in a children's home where I said, wasn't this kid locked in a cupboard? And they said, yeah. And so what does this consequence mean to a child who thought he was going to die? Mm. You know, this means nothing to that child. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea of creating a deterrent that would push the child in a better direction um, was erroneous. Fruitless, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I guess we just need to have a lot of conversations around consequences, deconstruct the notion of consequence and shift the focus much more onto parents liberating themselves, carers liberating themselves. That would, to me, that would be a takeaway from our conversation. Is there, an, is there any other thing that we can sort of formulate as a takeaway or, you know, a reflection on what we've... I love that, what you just said, actually, that deconstruct the consequence. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, everybody comes to learn new new skills and new things from their own position, you know, from, from their own understanding. And I think just the art of communicating and talking through, giving scenarios, giving opportunities for change to take place mm -hmm. within your home environment, I think ultimately being open to change. Um, yeah, I think for me, deconstructing the consequence, talking about it, uh -huh. Well, let's try let's try this and see how that feels for you so uh, you know what what is the consequence and what else is there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's our little summary yeah <laughs> okay well thank you for listening to the fortnightly podcast bye for now goodbye <laughs>